Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason on Inside Sources. We're really thrilled to have joining us on the program, Elizabeth Stell, a Director of Policy Analysis at the Commonwealth Foundation, and really some important work. You know, we often talk about the think again moment of getting beyond the headlines, and especially when it comes to something like poverty and what leads to prosperity. And Elizabeth, we appreciate you joining us. Great new report out uh, focused on Pennsylvania in particular, but there's so many broad lessons in there uh, for really for the rest of the country, for the federal government to be looking at as well. Well, thank you for having me. And, and you're right in the sense that Pennsylvania is very diverse in the same way that our country is diverse. Um, so I think there are some lessons we can extrapolate really in any state where you're wondering what can you do uh, to help make your residents more prosperous. And and one of the things that I love in your study is is you have the the discipline and the restraint to step back and say, all right, before we start whacking at, at all of the symptoms of the problem, that we need to step back and take a look at, you know, what obstacles. And we always talk about it in terms of driving forces and restraining forces. Uh, sometimes we add these drivers of new programs or new incentives or new funding or whatever it may be. But there's also restraining forces, and especially when it comes to poverty, uh, there are so many things that government has that often can hold people back. And so give us kind of a baseline first, Elizabeth, in terms of what you found in uh, this study, again, starting with, with Pennsylvania, and then we'll broaden it out. Yeah, so we learned the approach is a little different. Um, it's very typical to find studies looking at just statistics, um, what the numbers are telling us uh, about people's incomes and, and how they participate in government assistance programs. But we wanted to bring in the expertise of those who've actually lived these experiences. Uh, who better talk about, you know, when you're asking, what can we do about poverty? Well, you should go to the people that are in poverty, um, the people that have low incomes. So we combined our statistical um, look with interviews and in-depth interviews with about um, 50 people where we really went deep to figure out how do they think about income, how do they think about financial security, um, and then said, okay, using that framework, what can we do? And the big takeaway that we um, saw in the report is that government also often focuses on alleviating poverty. You know, how can we stop poverty? How can we have fewer people in poverty? But the answer actually seems to be on the other side. It's really about how can you promote prosperity. And there are so many barriers that government needs to tear down before we can even get to the question of what should government do. Yeah. And so let's dive into that just a little bit, dig into that uh, in terms of uh, what are some of the things that we need to get out of the way, some of those barriers we need to remove uh, that often will create the the result we want anyway. I have to tell you, I was really surprised when we surveyed people and said, what is your biggest barrier to financial security? I thought it would be you know, maybe things more like discrimination or, um, you know, not a lot of opportunities in my community. And actually, taxes was number one. Mm. And it just it blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, really? Taxes? Um, and, we, and, and in our survey population, on average, they paid over roughly about $4,500 per year in taxes. So taxes was a huge deal, um, which really surprised me that they, they, they went there right away. Um, so that's one thing, just giving people back more of their own money, more of their own earned success is, is really the first step. Yeah. And so uh, having that as kind of the, the baseline, and again, that's such a surprising thing. Most people wouldn't think that's it. Oh, you know, they're in poverty. Taxes are not going to be the issue. Uh, but so often that is. And then, of course, that's usually compounded by state and local governments and then the federal government with uh, with more programs that cost more money that, uh, that end up uh, being a bigger tax burden. So what was some of the correlation you found in terms of that government spending component 
uh, and that path to prosperity? Yeah, so we looked at, you know, what would happen if we let people keep more of their own money? Um, And we did that by looking at this thing called the Economic Freedom Index North America. And and we we create a model where, okay, what happens if we do one point better on that index? We have one point more economic freedom. What does that do? Because in theory, that should mean government is spending less, government's less of a burden. And if you do that, if you increase Pennsylvania's score in economic freedom um, by one point over five years, uh, you increase per capita income by about $2,338. Mm. That that can that's a big difference for someone who's living paycheck to paycheck, and you also see increases in employment. So you know the, the research, the technical research, bears this out that you can you can actually improve a lot of people's lives just by spending less on the government side. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me, and this is the point where I thought I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, that's such a, a powerful thing. And again, for all of the well-intentioned uh, debates we have about this program or that program, uh, often it's just those very little simple things that really could be, as you said, the, the game changer for someone who's living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, and I want to emphasize too that you know, we tried to combat some of the, the myths, if you will, or the stereotypes. Um, you know, we're free market organizations, so oftentimes people have preconceived ideas about what we believe or what we think about uh, in, in terms of people who are experiencing poverty. And we were, you know, we tried to make this very clear in the study. Hey, a majority of these people are working, and they want to work, and they want to earn their success, and they want more opportunities. They're just having a hard time. Um, getting out of that low-paying job. So I think that's another really important message out of this study is that um, you know people want the right things. Um, it's a question of what's holding them back and what can we do to tear down those barriers. Yeah, one of the things that I have been looking at, and I think you get at this in a really interesting way, is, is so often we, because of some of these government programs, we create these cliffs that are just so enormous uh, that if they do get that next job or they do get that raise uh, at their current job, then suddenly their whole world unravels. Uh, and so there's no real glide path into that prosperity model. Uh, you sort of get uh, trapped uh, in some of those programs. Yeah, and, and even, you know, we heard from people too, you know, look, I, I looked into, you know, food stamps or some other sort of, um, you know, government assistance and, you know, A, it wasn't worth it, all the work I would have to do to get, you know, one person, I think it was like 20 bucks. I'm like, it's not worth 20 bucks. Or the other side, like you mentioned, someone who says, well, I just, I, I can't, you know, if, if I don't get these benefits, I'm going to have to pay, uh, I think we have to one person, it was, they were just talking something about, um, like, I won't have any health care, you know, mm. if I take this promotion, I don't have any health care. I can't afford, you know, thousands of dollars in premiums. Like, I just don't know how to get from here to there. And I was holding them back. And so, yeah, um, too many times our systems are designed um, without that transition in mind. And as a result, um, they hold people from, you know, a, a much 
higher quality life that they could be living when it's bizarre because people think they're helping. (laughs) But actually, um, we could do a lot better um, if we didn't help um, as much as we're helping in in the ways that government assistance are currently structured. Yeah, and and I love that think again component to it of of sometimes in our rush to alleviate the suffering of someone, we end up creating more suffering. Uh, and as you point out, it, it sometimes it's just flat out counterproductive in terms of, of moving it forward. So what's the one thing that you wish everyone was really thinking about uh, when it comes to creating that space and those conditions for prosperity? Yeah, I think there's two things that really stick out in my mind. One is that poverty is a very individual experience. Everybody's challenges are customized. And government isn't very good at creating customized solutions. It's good at one-size-fits-all programming. Um, So I think we should do everything we can uh, to make sure that we have the conditions for those local groups, those local communities to support people who are facing financial security challenges. And then secondly, tearing down those barriers, um, making sure that we are being very introspective and looking at all the ways that good intention policies are actually creating um, walls to people's earned success. And, you know, I think we can trust people to make good decisions for themselves and their families. They're acting very rationally. The problem is we've put some barriers in place that really creates incentives to prosper. And that's something that we need to change. Ah, fantastic. This is such great insight. And Elizabeth, we're going to have you back because uh, this is one that deserves a, a real deep dive in terms of one, how do we remove those barriers? How do we create those conditions uh, that promote prosperity? And how do we trust people uh, to move along that path? Again, Elizabeth Stell is the Director of Policy Analysis at the Commonwealth Foundation. Uh, Elizabeth, great insight, great analysis on this. We'd love the work and I uh, look forward to having you back soon. My pleasure. All right. That is some great thinking uh, from uh, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, some things for all of us. And we're going to keep tabs on uh, their work as they continue to march forward. All right. We'll step aside for a quick commercial break. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stick around.